Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Tasty Tidbits Podcast. Get ready to receive rich, well-seasoned, and tasteful tidbits to transform your life. Each week, Dr. Tiffany comes to you with inspirational encouragement and thought-provoking interviews to help you revolutionize your walk with God. Are you hungry for more of His presence? Then get ready. And now, your host, pastor, author, and motivational speaker, Dr. Tiffany Watkins. And tonight we're going to have Sister Shaquille that's going to talk to us about her experiences. And then after that, we're going to close out with Dr. Keyes, and he's going to give helpful information about men and women who experience uh, domestic violence. And he answers some very tough questions for us and what we can do in order to make a change in that area. And so with that being said, I want to thank you so much, Kiki, for getting on the call tonight. I call her Kiki because she's one of my members at my church. But uh, I've been knowing Kiki for a long time, even since she was little. And so Kiki, I just want to thank you for uh, getting on tonight and being willing to share your story. I really appreciate it because I know that it's going to help a lot of people. So just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do for a living so everybody will kind of know a little bit about you on on the call tonight. Yes, of course. Um, blessings, everyone. My name is Shaquilla. Many know me my Kiki. I'm a single mother. I have a beautiful daughter and a son. Um, I work in the medical field. I've been in the medical field for about seven to eight years now. I love what I do. I am also a member at Renewed Faith Ministries where I sing praise and worship. And I am also um, an assistant with the youth ministry, so very happy about that. Yes, and you you get along very well with the kids, and they just love you. And so we just we're just glad to have you on tonight. Now tonight we've we've been talking we, for the last couple of months. Well, not even a couple of months, but just this month. But I have been preparing for it for the last couple of months to actually do this podcast for this month. And when I began to do it, I wanted to have people to come on and share their story and their experiences because I believe that it would help a lot of people. And I was sharing with the other two that I had interviewed that domestic violence is a serious issue. And so I wanted you just to come on and kind of help somebody out because I know you'll be able to help others out with your story. And so will you just share with us um, your experiences with domestic violence, you know, how you met them and, you know, how long did it last and kind of just give us a little idea about your experience with it. Of course. Um, My experience with domestic violence was when I was 18. I had just finished high school and a friend of mine invited me to go with her on a date in Greenville. So at first I was hesitant. I really didn't want to go because I didn't know if I wanted to be what they considered a third wheel or not. But, I, you know, I decided to go anyway, and she said, don't worry, she'll have someone to um, assist me on this date with her. So I went with her to Greenville, and she met her guy friend there, and, of course, he had his friend with him. So him and I instantly connected and uh, he was actually here for a funeral, but then he had to go back to Korea where he was stationed during that time. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, had, I didn't really get to know him. I didn't get to know anything about him other than having a relationship over the Internet, which was Skype. 
So, you know, him and I, we know we Skyped for a year, and then after his time was up in Korea from being active duty, he came back to the States. And so then when I, once I really got to be with him in person, like it was totally different from being over the Internet talking. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, so when he came back here in the States, um, in the beginning everything was fine. It was love at first sight. Everything was perfect. But then um, he asked me to marry him, of course, with no rings. So we got married, and we moved off to North Carolina, and that's when it all happened. Once I moved away from my family, he started more so mentally, and then it became more physical once I actually moved all my things from South Carolina to North Carolina. So when we wow. got to North Carolina, he, you know, took my car, would go drive and see other women, and then he would come back home. He would be, like, pushing me on the wall, hitting me, and just, like, taking all, like, all of our cards for money. He took everything that we had and would just leave me in the room by myself. I literally wow. had no one. Like, it was just, I was by myself, and it it was terrible. Wow. And, you know, a lot of times um, they say that's what happens. You know, they try to isolate you away from your family because if you don't have any support, then it makes you feel like that nobody's out there with you and then you're just stuck with that individual um, in that situation. And that's a lot of times where they want you to feel vulnerable so that it seems like you don't have any help. Um, and so did it what, did it feel like that with you? Uh I felt like I had family at home that could help me, but at the same time, I didn't want anybody to judge me. So everything mm-hmm. that I went through with him in North Carolina, I just basically kept it into myself, hoping that he'll change. He loved me. Uh, he really wanted me. If he didn't want me, he wouldn't have married me. And we got to be honest with each other. Like, I was 18, so I was still young. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know things that I know now back then Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. just living and remembering like the past and what I had to go through it was definitely something that I wouldn't go through now knowing what I knew back then right and he was and you were 18 and at that time was did you know if he had experienced any um type of domestic violence in his family did he ever Um, share that or do you know I don't think he had to actually experience it in his family, but I think so. I think more so was with him mentally because of the army and having to, you know, do certain things a certain way. He was just like, and then also seeing things in Korea, you know, and all that stuff. I think it kind of like messed him up mentally. So everything that he went through in the army, like when he was in Korea, he brought that back home here and then started taking his anger and his frustrations out on me, and I'm just so vulnerable and say, oh, it's okay, I still love you, I'm still here, like not realizing that he was physically and mentally abusing me. But I didn't tell anybody because I was too afraid. And give us an example of maybe a a time that you might can think about where um, he mentally abused you because we've been talking about this on the last couple of interviews. Is like the mental abuse is sometimes worse than the physical abuse. Uh, so is there like maybe one incident where you can remember where he uh, mentally abused you emotionally? Yeah, um, I remember it was one night where I, you know, I had cooked dinner and uh, prepared a meal for us, and we were going to sit down and eat. And then I remember my phone went off, and it was an old friend from, you know, high school. 
And so he was like, why is this person uh, messaging you and why this and why that? You're not pretty. You're never going to be nothing. Nobody wants you. And then that was the mental part. But then the more physical part was when I went to his room to, you know, finally pack up my things, hoping that I could go ahead and leave and be done with it. But that's when reality hit me because he came in there and knocked me on the bed, tried to take a cigarette and burn my nose off. And he took his, um, the only way that I could, I had to escape him that night was actually putting on his army boot and kicking him in his face, making his nose bleed Mm -hmm. so that I could grab Mm -hmm. my keys and leave and be done. But even then Mm -hmm. I wasn't done. I went back to that. And what made you think, what, what do you think now allowed you to go back? Um, at that time, I felt like um, it was more so of being financially stable, I would say. Like everything okay. I basically wanted, I had, and he uh-huh. gave it to me. Um, so mm-hmm. I felt like it was more so of being able to have somebody to lean on because I wasn't working. I was pregnant and, you know, all of this stuff was coming in and, like, basically he was there financially. So that was one of the reasons why I stayed. And, you know, I'm glad you brought that out because I believe a lot of um, women uh, deal with that, you know, where um, their partner is able to take care of them financially. Um, and it, it, having to be able to not go through the struggles on your own and just being out there on your own and being able to deal with that convenience, and that that's a great reason um, that you mentioned why you may have went back. And I'm sure there are those listeners on the call right now that are maybe experiencing the same thing. Right. And so you say you, you had went back, and when you went back, what happened once you went back? Did it change or did it get worse? Oh, God, it definitely got worse. And the example that I can give you as far as how it got worse was when finally I had my son and he was about two, three months old. Well, um, I remember that this guy, he liked um, a team called Game Talk. So when their team lost, he got upset with me because they lost. It's not like I could help them to win. So he got mad at me because they lost, and he pulled a gun out on me. And then I was finally uh-huh. able to get in my car, drive off, and he followed me. And I remember that night I was crossing the bridge, and he tried to run me and my son off the bridge and kill us. And at that very moment, moment I knew that it was either going to be me or I, it was going to either be me or him. I had to get out because if not, then I was going to die along with my son. So at that night, at that moment, I had to just go as fast as I could down that road, leave him behind, and never look back. And that's exactly what I did with the help of the Lord. And you know what? Thank God, because, you know, some people, and we were sharing this on the last couple of calls, that, you know, some people be like, if I can't have you, nobody else won't have you, and they'll just keep trying to stalk you and keep trying to go after you. But thank God by the grace of God. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but thank God by the grace of God that you were able to get away from that. Yeah, yeah. It was terrible, but I had to. I had to let go. I felt like... I love him. I want to be with him, but was it really worth me getting mentally, physically, and emotionally abused by someone? But the thing about it is I had to really understand my worth, and I had to understand that I was a child of God, and I didn't deserve that. So I had mm-hmm. to get out of it. 
Well, that's, that's, that's good. And I know you had mentioned to me that you were also in a, another relationship that kind of you went through that and kind of experienced the same thing because I know um, those that are listening, some of them have been in multiple relationships where they've been in abusive relationships. So kind of tell me a little bit about that one. Yeah, that one was one of the ones that always would do something like I could be like on my phone playing a game or doing something and he thought that I was always doing this or I was always doing that. And then once we got into an argument, like he would push me against the wall, choke me. He would, he actually um, hit my ear on the bed frame and my ear was like really hurting really bad for like several months. I don't know if he like broke, broke it or something or something, but my ear was hurting for months. And um, um, he would always say, I'm sorry, I'm changing. If you take me back, I'll go get counseling, I'll go get help. And me being me, I would always take him back. But there was never any counseling involved. There was never any help involved. He just always wanted uh-huh. to say he's sorry and he's this and he's that. And it never changed. And it was to the point where um, it was just getting out of hand. And I really had to get out of that situation because my family, they don't play. So it was either going to be, you know, <laughs> blood on my hands or I need to leave out of that relationship now. Right, right. So right. I had to let that go too. <laughs> yes, yes. Was, yes. That was something else that I tell you. And, and, you know, I think about it a lot of times where, you know, they'll push you to see how far you'll go, you know, mm-hmm. and if you don't fight for yourself, um, and sometimes we be in it, and that takes me to to my um, one of my another next questions is, you know, in those relationships in each one of them, what were some of your feelings and emotions, um, and what were you experiencing in the relationship as far as your emotions and feelings during those times? Well, for the second one, I would have to tell you that I was more drawn to him because I didn't want to be lonely. I didn't want to be left alone. I was so used to being with him and talking to him 24-7, and then to actually let that go, it would be like, well, darn, who would I talk to? Who would I be able to text and call? Because it was always him. Like, he always wanted to be on the phone 24-7, and I had got used to that. So I was emotionally Mm -hmm. attached to him. And just and I was forgetting about all the abuse that came along with it and all the toxicness that came along with it. So I mm-hmm. had to make a decision for myself. Key, do you still want to be with this person because he's going to keep you company or do you want to let this person go and let God give you better and, you know, a better life? Because mm-hmm. it was either, like I said, it was either going to be me or him. And I chose myself, so I had to let that go. Well, congratulations to you, and I pray that, you know, someone that may be listening on the call today, that you just be able to look at it the same way and say, Lord, help me to begin to get out of this relationship because I love me more, and because, God, you love me more, I can be able to get out of this relationship. Now, one thing you said is you were 18 years old, and Elder Brownlee, I believe she was like 18 or 19 when we did her interview, she said, when it started. And so it starts young. And so there are a lot of listeners out here. Um, you may be a mother that's listening or a father that's listening, or you just may be tuning in, and you need to watch for those signs that your niece may be going through or your um, daughter, and sometimes even your nephew, because there are women that are very abusive to men as well, and especially young guys. And so you have to try to pay attention to some of the warning signs that go along with 
um, the young person experiencing that. And so what are some of the warning signs that we should look for that you think, Kiki, as far as recognizing that somebody may be in an abusive relationship? Because I know you said you didn't want to share with anybody uh, really. Um, did you withdraw some um, and stop talking a lot? What were some of the things that we may recognize for the future um, to kind of look for? Um, some things that you all could look for in the future for anybody that's going through domestic violence would be for maybe a black eye, um, bruises on their arm, because I'm not going to lie, I had a couple of bruises on my arm that I tried to hide, and, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it only gets worse. So you have to look for the little things like marks on the necks or, um, like, hand marks on the neck and, things like that, and people trying to cover it up with makeup. But you, makeup will only go so far. You can't cover mm-hmm. up everything. So I would say mm-hmm. more so of people that are like, that when they shy away from their family, when they shy away from their friends, and they're just always at home, then that's a sign because they don't want to tell anybody what they're going through because, of one, they're going to be embarrassed. For two, they're going to be judged. And for three, they don't know who they can trust because if you tell one person what you're going through, then everybody in the whole um, area is going to know what you're going through because of that one person told everything. Mm-hmm. And then that's going to make mm-hmm. you feel even more worse because now not only are you being embarrassed because you're still with someone that you love, but you're going to also feel afraid to actually get the help that you need because now you're embarrassed. So I feel like you have to just look for signs in certain people to know when they are going through domestic violence in the background because I'm not going to just come up front and tell you until they, unless they really get tired of it. Right, right. And that's what I was going to ask you. You know, um, you have to be willing. You have to be willing to get out too. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You have to be yes. willing to get out or you have to be willing to talk. And because I was thinking about this and I was thinking, you know, if it was a certain time in the relationship, like maybe in the beginning when you first saw that it was happening, do you think that if somebody came to you and said, well, you know, you may need to get out or, you know, is everything okay, do you think fresh early you may have um, tried to share or not? What do you think? Um, to be completely honest with you, um, it depends on how the relationship is in the beginning. Like if you have gotten um, emotionally attached to that person or if, I'm going to be honest, if sex was involved and you got stuck on that, then I mm-hmm. feel like maybe, you know, that play a big factor on whether or not you want to continue to be in that relationship because maybe mm-hmm. this person make you feel a certain type of way or maybe because mm-hmm. you didn't have that love from your father growing up, you have to look for that love in a man. And now that you mm-hmm. have a man that's, that's quote-unquote, giving you that love that you desire to have, which in reality is not love, it's actually lust, you know, you're going to be more quick to withdraw from getting out of that because you want that, you long for that, but not understanding that you have all that abuse that's coming along with it. So you really have to, you know, be mentally um, open to get out of it in the beginning if you haven't gotten any, any of those factors involved in the beginning. That's a very good point. 
Well, I want to ask you before we get off um, on the podcast today, you know, to all the listeners that are listening here, you know, what is the most important thing that you want to share with those that may be experiencing domestic violence right now in their relationships and they desire to get out but they feel like they can't? What, What could you say to those that are listening? How could you say something that you think would may help them? Um, one thing that I could say that could help them would be just please confide in someone that you can trust. Like you don't have to be your best friend, but just somebody that you know won't go and tell the whole world what you're going through. Just go talk to one person and get the help that you need because you have people that love you, people that care about you, people that want you here with them. So don't let one relationship or or several relationships keep you bound from telling people what's going on because you don't want to end up dead and your loved ones not know what happened because you've never said anything. Just, I know it's going to hurt. I know you want to keep going back to the same thing because it feels good and you're comfortable with where you're at. But at the end of the day, think about it in a more standpoint where do you really want to um, live like this for the next couple of years with somebody that's hitting on you and abusing you? You have to know your worth, and knowing your worth is very, very important because once you know your worth and how valuable you are to yourself, first and foremost, first and foremost, hold on, first and foremost, then you will understand your value to others. So I beg you to please say something because you don't want to end up dead and then your story is left untold. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And I want to thank you again, Kiki, for sharing your story because you were very brave to be able to come on and share your story. And I know that it's going to help many people and just get them in a situation to where they can look and evaluate their relationships that they are in right now and consider getting out because there is help out there. Um, You may be wondering, who can I get help from? The one that you can trust, like she said, and even if you can't trust anybody, find out the local domestic violence centers that are close to you. And when you find that out, get the number to the local places where you are, and they will take the process in order to help you to be able to get out of the situations that you are in. And so I just want to pray for the listeners that are on the line today and um, listening in. And I may have heard Kiki's story and something touched them on today, and you are making the decision to say that I'm ready to get out. So, Father, we thank you on today for Kiki's story. We thank you for her sharing the experiences that she went through. But, Father, we thank you right now for those that are on the line that are listening on this podcast, Father, you know that it was not by happenstance. But, Father, we ask right now that you begin to allow them to see the help that is there for them, for every relationship that have gone through the emotional abuse. Father, give them the courage. Give them the strength. Give them the determination to be able to walk out of the situations. Father, allow people to be able to come around and begin to be concerned and begin to take an initiative in order to be able to help them through the process in order to help them to get out of the situation that they are in. And, Father, right now we thank you that we know that they are worth living. God, we thank you that their life is worth living, Father. Even as Kiki said, you got to know your worth. So, Father, right now we thank you that they know now their worth because you see them, that they are beautiful in your sight, and that they are more than able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that they could ask or think according to the power that worketh within them. So, Father, give them the strength 
strength. Give them the courage to be able to say, I'm ready to make a change. I'm ready to move out. I'm ready to make a new decision in my life. And, Father, we ask right now that you put your angels around them, that you protect them, and that you cover them in your blood until they're able to get out and get into the safe place. And we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. It is in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. Well, thank you again, uh, Kiki, for coming on. I really appreciate you sharing your story. You know, when you were sharing your story, there were some things that that I heard for the first time. And so you are more than a conqueror. And then, like I said, you know, when you have to go through so many great things and so many trials like there, I always say that it's because of the oil that is on your life and because of the great anointing that God has upon your life. And so you are a survivor. And because you went through that, you are now able to be able to help many people. And I know many people are going to be helped by your story. So thank you so much again, Ms. Kiki. Thank you so much. And I want everyone to know who are going through domestic violence that you all are beautiful, you're gorgeous, and you don't deserve that. So please get out of it. Yes, amen, amen. Well, thank you all again for joining in and listening to the Tasty Tidbit podcast. Again, next week we will be hearing and closing out for this month with Dr. Keyes, and he will be giving us information about domestic violence and how you can get help and some of the experiences that he's had with men as well as women and to answer a few more questions that we may not have addressed. And so I hope that you will begin to tune in again next week as we close out this Domestic Violence Month. Thank you so much for your support. Like and share and comment. And just even if we need to get in touch with you, uh, Kiki, what is the email address to where they can kind of get in touch with you? Sure. Um, an email address that you, I can be reached at would be Shaquilla Harris, and that is spelled S-H-A-K-E-L-I-A-H-A-R-R-I-S at AOL.com. Thank you. So if anybody wants to just get on and you may have more questions or you experience some things and you just need somebody to talk to, that is her email address where you can get in contact with her that way. And so until next time, we look forward to seeing you again. You have a wonderfully blessed evening. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Tasty Tidbits with Dr. Tiffany Watkins. If you're enjoying the show, feel free to subscribe, rate, and share with your friends. To learn more about Dr. Tiffany, check out her blog on goodreads.com or visit her website at www.renewedfaithministriesinc.com. Until next time, stay blessed.